0: So we're in it—the season of Advent—and uh, this great joy in this, and uh, the joy of uh, preparing and decorating and putting up trees. And um, that's one of the most recognizable signs of the season—is the Christmas tree. And thanks to the many who gathered to assemble our, uh, what I believe to be the largest uh, artificial tree in the Merrimack Valley. Um, <laughs> Trees, uh, it's not, it wasn't specifically at their origin, uh, decorated trees and wreaths were not specifically Christian symbols, but uh, the Christmas trees as we know them and decorated them probably around Renaissance era uh, Germany. Uh, that we have Christmas trees sort of as we know them today. It's a beautiful symbolism, the evergreen tree representing uh, the one true God and the eternal life that he brings to those who put their faith in him. The lights on the tree representing Jesus who brings light into darkness. There, of course, the um, often put a star at the top of the tree. It reminds us of the star of Bethlehem or an angel on the tree announcing the birth of Jesus. It's just a beautiful symbol. I'm sure many of you have, uh, maybe even this weekend, you put up a tree, or you plan to shortly, or, or you put it up on November 9th, or uh, whatever that is. So, um, so this season of Advent, the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, we're going to be considering this passage from the prophet Isaiah, uh, from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Now, Isaiah was a prophet in the nation of Judah, uh, about the 8th century before Jesus, Judah at that time was a strong nation, but politically very unstable. Because there was a lot of foreign forces and a lot of threats uh, to them. It was, it was very unstable. And the message from Isaiah was, in these unstable times, what are you going to do? Are you going to trust the God who is faithful to you, who is with you? Are you going to trust him in his ways? Or are you going to trust other nations who seem to be very strong, who seem to have something to offer you, and uh, what you're going to do. And as, we, uh, as you read through the books of Kings and chronicles, and as you read through Isaiah, you, we see that in so many ways, the nation of, of Israel, nations of Israel and Judah did not trust the Lord their God and they strayed and turned from him in various ways. So it was during that time that Isaiah prophesied about a Christmas tree. Now Isaiah's Christmas tree didn't look like the beautiful one we have in the Rotunda for Isaiah, a true Christmas tree, is to stump. Uh, it's not a very beautiful image in any way. Um, it it was just a tree that's been cut. So why does the prophet Isaiah draw our attention to a stump? And the reason is because, surprise, something is growing up out of that stump. My friend Roselle Heckendorn was showing me pictures uh, recently of a tree that she and her husband in their yard had cut down and they had just cut it to a stump. And then some months later, they noticed that there was a large bush growing next to the stump, and they went to look closer, and it wasn't a bush next to the stump. It was the same tree itself coming straight out of the stump and has, had grown at a, a very rapid pace to, um, to grow back. And then some trees do that, not all trees, but uh, this uh, for Isaiah, it was that kind of a tree where there's a stump, but if you look closely, from the stump is coming a tiny shoot, and that shoot will grow and become a fruitful branch. And we see in verse 2 of the passage that the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And those, uh, those four phrases we're going to take a look at through the four Sundays of Advent. Today we're considering... Uh, this notion, the spirit of the Lord. We're going to think about the stump in general, but the notion that the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. So, uh, and so we want to answer the question, what is so special about this shoot that's coming out of this stump? And um, for us, as we sit here, we remember that that story of the shoot coming out of the stump, We, our story is part of God's story. And sometimes our story feels like a beautiful tree with lights on it. And other times our story feels like a stop. Let's pray. Father, we pray that as we look into your word, we would know you. That we would know your story. That we would know what you have done and why you have done it. And how we, by faith, enter into it and know you and trust you, the God of all, the creator of all, who's come to love and to serve and to give life. pray that we would, in a deeper way, know that today. So we pray your blessing over this time, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So what's so special about this shoot? Well, the The first thing is that the shoot is coming out of the stump. Why out of a stump? So God's promises to his people are often described as small promises, small things that grow, seeds that grow. Right from the very beginning, there was a promise of the seed of the woman, the offspring of the woman would defeat evil. There was a promise to a man named Abraham that God made that his descendants, his seed would grow to be a prosperous nation and that all the earth will be blessed through his family. There was a promise to a king named David that an eternal king who would rule forever would come from his family, from his line. And this now, as Isaiah is speaking, it's during the time of the kings, it's the descendants of David and, and the Uh, Prosperity and the faithfulness of these kings had been cut, cut basically to a stump that their faith and their trusting the God who's made these promises uh, were just part of this downward spiral of faithlessness and false worship and trusting everything but God until it was just a stump. The prophet Isaiah knew that this was coming. At the time, there's a very famous passage in, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, where Isaiah gets his call to ministry. It was his call to, uh, to preach to the people. And he said, you know, I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And, what, and he, he has a vision of how holy and awesome God is and how unholy and how unworthy he was and the whole nation that he was part of. But yet God... Uh, Cleanses him, and God calls him to this message, and he said, you're going to go and preach. But here's what's going to happen. You're going to go and preach, and it's going to be like people are deaf. And Isaiah just asked the Lord, how long? Isaiah chapter 6. I, then I said, Isaiah said, how long, O Lord? And he answered, until cities lie ruined without inhabitant, until houses are left deserted, and the fields are, are ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away from the, the land, is, and, and the land is... Utterly forsaken. And although a tenth remains in the land, it will be laid, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and the oak leave stumps when they are cut down, so the holy seed will be a stump in the land. He said, you're going to preach until it's just, this nation is just going to be wiped out. It's just going to be this desolate field of stumps. Yet, chapter 11, from that stump, comes a great promise that the promised Redeemer is going to show up out of this, not lush forest, but just a field of stumps. He will come out of the desperate condition. He's going to appear to be weak and vulnerable and small. He will, uh, he, this apparent weakness, um, his, the, but the character of his reign will be majestic and great. And we get Jesus born in humility, born in poverty, born in a stable, lived his life essentially homeless. And we knew from the prophet Isaiah that this one who was to come would identify with the poor and the weak and the marginalized. But until Christmas, we did not realize the extent of what that poverty would look like, that he himself would be poor, that he himself will be made weak. That's the stump in which this weak uh, sprout, this weak shoot comes up, but yet will be beautiful and fruitful. But why is it the stump now of Jesse and not the stump of David? Because God had made a promise to a king named David. From you will come this eternal king. Uh, so yet this shoot is not coming out of the stump of David. It's the stump of Jesse. And this is, the image here is just God's just starting all the way over. It's not just a better uh, descendant of David. It's not just um, a better David. It's a whole new David. All the way back to Jesse. Jesse was David's father. David was famous. David was a very successful king. David was a man of great faith. Jesse, what do we know about Jesse? Jesse. Not much. He had sons. And he was from Bethlehem. So here, david the successful, famous David, everybody's hero, waiting for the descendant of David. Everything now is cut to a stump. And now we go all the way back to Jesse and say, this is going to come all the way back from Jesse. A whole new David. Going all the way back to Bethlehem. And again, we know from the other prophets, prophet Micah, chapter 5, you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one, for, for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. But this one coming. And we notice something else here then. That this shoot that's coming out of the stump is also the root. It's It's a a king who is to come, but it's a king from ancient times. Isaiah 11, further down in in verse 10, says in that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his place of rest will be glorious. So not only is this one who is to come the shoot but also the root. Not just a descendant of Jesse and David, but the source of Jesse and David. The root. It's the root and the shoot. And it So this seems a little confusing until we get to um, the Gospel of John here in our passage today, verse 30, says, this is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Again, the language almost sounds confused, but they're all consistently saying the one who is to come is the one from old. That the 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 one in the future is the one from the past the king from all time past is the one who is to come god himself the creator that jesus who was who is with the father at creation that all things were created through him is returning to his creation as king the king who is to come it's this notion of a returning king. And we see, we hear these kind of stories in legends. There's a king who was famous, who goes away, but who is to return to save his former kingdom. So here God is promising to raise up that deliverer king, but it's out of a bleak and it's out of a desperate situation. And it's out of this humble and obscure family. It's from Jesse. And this is, uh, this is this is it. This is the promise. This is the light that's going to come and shine in the darkness. I mean, stumps are a bad image. They're a depressing image. When I pitched this idea to our creative team, like, oh, please, no, not a stump. It's, it's Advent. It's Christmas. We, but this is the Christmas story. And Isaiah saw it. John chapter 12 said, Isaiah said this because he saw... Jesus' glory and spoke about him that Isaiah saw he could see to the future. He could see that things would look desolate. He could see the beauty of Jesus. And the shoot is special because it's coming up out of that stump. It's coming out of the bleak and it's coming to fulfill all of the promises of God. And that's why it's so special. That's the first reason it's so special. Because it comes out of the stump. The second reason it's so special. This shoot, this this. This branch that is to come and bear fruit is that God's spirit rests on him. We see this in Isaiah eleven two. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, and that brings us to the John passage. So we have John, uh, John, the the, the 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 who wrote this gospel, but also um, writing about John the Baptist, who was the prophet who declared the the arrival of Jesus. He said, I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, rest on him. And I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. It's it's because he was officially anointed. Now, when you have a king and you have a new king, the king needs to be anointed. And in the Old Testament, the, the symbol of anointing was oil and and, and really, that's a symbol of God's Spirit being poured out, That God's, uh, God's choosing. And here, Jesus, not anointed with oil, but anointed directly with the Holy Spirit, who remains on him. Jesus was anointed by God's Spirit. We see this... Um, Described from Isaiah 61, but in, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus reading the prophet Isaiah, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It, it's... Jesus, and then Jesus said, this is fulfilled in your hearing, that he was the one, and he was anointed by God's Spirit to do these things, to accomplish all that God had set out to accomplish. And we see in Jesus' life that the Holy Spirit is just uh, pervasive, that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, that he uh, did his works in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides, interacts, and empowers Jesus, and the Messiah is just filled so richly with the Spirit. And again, in verse 2, this spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And we're going to look at those phrases as we go through Advent. But the beautiful thing for us is those who who put our faith in Jesus, that we receive His Spirit. We receive this same Holy Spirit for us to empower our lives. Jesus said in, in John 14, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, I will not leave you as orphans. That this same Spirit that anointed Jesus to to bring uh, life into the death, to bring light into the darkness, is given to us. And we receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to us as well. To be his witnesses to do all that he's calling us to do. We are anointed, and we continue that story. See, our story is connected to his story, and we have this special shoot, um, and it's special because it comes out of a stump, it comes out of obscurity, it comes out of desolation, and it's special because the Spirit of God has empowered this shoot, Jesus. So what do we do with this? How do we live this out? Uh, Three things. The first is about finding hope. In the midst of sorrow, we can find hope from the prophet Isaiah, because new life, we know this is how God works, that new life can emerge from old stumps. It helps us put our story into God's bigger story. And knowing that this is how God's work. Now, this is not um, an application of this scripture where you're going to go out this week and you need to do something. You need to try something. You need to accomplish something. It's not a task you need to do. But this applies to all of us because it reorients our thinking. Do I see myself and do I see my story as part of the big story that God is writing? It's a story about his goodness and about his glory that we are part of that. And it's this simple image of the shoot coming out of the stump. We can persevere. We can find hope in the dark times. Again, the candle we lit today on our Advent wreath is the candle of hope. That we remember that we always have hope. This is how God's work. What is is fruitful or what looks fruitful can be cut down, but out of it, out of that stump, something even better can grow. And it's this, but it's in that moment of being cut off that you think it's over, but that's such a compelling story that you know, all stories that we're drawn to or that uh, give us great emotion re- reflect that story. And now, if you if you are prone to watch sappy Christmas movies or romantic comedy type movies, this is the same plot of every one of these movies that there's uh, love that is budding or some sort of potential of, uh, of love, and then something happens that cuts it. It looks like it's completely over. But then somehow there's, there's hope and there's, a, there's this new life grows up. And you watch these movies and you cry. You cry. I don't cry when I watch them. I and mean, even every Advent during the season, when one of our traditions as a family is we watch um, White Christmas, Bing Crosby. And again, there's that whole thing where there's, there's uh, this love is budding and then uh, the, the Rosemary Clooney character overhears on the phone call and gets the wrong information and then it totally severs the relationship and she goes away, but he um, you know, reaches out and then it's cut to a, things are cut to a stump. But that's what's so compelling about it. That we, we want to see life grow out of these things. So we can find hope in even the bleakest of situations. Um, so finding hope. The second thing is about releasing our expectations. That God doesn't always work the way that we want him to work on. The timing that we would like him to work on. And the ways that we would think that he would work or want him to work. That we think is best. You know, in the Bible, as the as this descendant of David was to arrive, they were looking for a literal um, political leader who would literally wipe out all the um, opponents and all of their, like a military political leader wiping out military political enemies. But Jesus came not with all the political power and all the forces of army, but he comes with love and justice and healing. And that's how God works. That's what this king looks like. So in our lives, when we look at what we're praying for and what we're hoping for, and it's not quite in our timing or the way we would like it, we know that God has greater purposes and God has greater ways. So we can just release our expectations and just trust God. Thirdly, we embrace humble beginnings. We don't, we're not ashamed of the stump. I said, JP, please not a stump. I said, a stump. Because we're not ashamed of it. Because Jesus spoke of his kingdom in ways that were very small beginnings. He came, a baby, vulnerable, in a manger. Small beginning. He talked about his kingdom in Luke chapter 13. Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed. A tiny seed. Which a man took and planted in his garden and it grew and became a tree birds of the air perched in its branches. Again, he said, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast. It is, it is like a little bit of leaven sprinkled into a large amount of flour until it's worked through all. It's, it's this invisible yeast that will cause uh, things to rise and to be made into their fullness. But it's very small. And God's word says, he who began a good work in you, whatever small seed of faith he planted in you, he will bring it to completion. He will bring it to all of its fullness. And that is the promise of God. And there you have it. That is is how God works. This is God bringing life from the stump. This is Jesus' life from the stump. And your story fits into his story. So we look to Jesus. And even in his story, there was that moment where everything seemed completely cut off. We have Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying to the Father, and he's praying in agony. And he's arrested, and he goes on trial, and he is beaten, and he is whipped. And he is ridiculed, and he is convicted, and he's sentenced to death. And on the cross, Jesus Christ is crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was, if there was ever a stump moment, a dark moment, a moment of being cut down, it was when Jesus was crucified. The light of the world extinguished. The, the Life cut down. Hopeless and lifeless and dark, but out of the darkness, surprise. Life, Easter morning, life coming out of death, a shoot coming out of the stump, it's the resurrection, it's the new life. And everything has changed forever because of that. So we take heart. Because your story is part of that story, and you can trust him. We can put our whole faith in him. No matter what you're going through right now, the day is coming when God will complete his work. There will be no more death, no more stumps, a new heavens, a new earth, and we will be with the Lord forever. Let us pray. Father God, you are a God who does this. You are a God who has done this, that you have shown us resurrection life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who died on that cross. The punishment for our sin. Who rose again to new life. Our new life. And the great hope that you are making all things new. That you continue to do this, Lord. And you will continue to do it until all your work is finished. May we be people who trust that. Lord, give us hearts of faith. Lord, we confess that when things are bleak, we doubt. We have fears. We have struggle, Lord but we trust you, the God who brings life out of the worst situation. Father, increase our faith. Increase our faith this season as we go about all that we will put our hand to, as we go about the busyness, as we go about the gatherings, as we go about every breath of life. Lord, help us to trust you. And we thank you that you are worthy of our trust. You are worthy of all of our praise. And we do praise you. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.